It is so well defined what we have to do today. We gotta go to work. We gotta do right offense. Hey everybody, Uh, another podcast, Wade and Ryan here, NFL in London and the preseason is upon us, holy crap, everything. Two weeks, we are down, two weeks and counting. Two weeks away, uh, NFL in London, we're excited to watch a lot of the NFL in London, Uh, Wade and Ryan here, breaking down everything, we're going to talk mostly preseason, some stuff today, stuff going on in the news, (laughs) it is really all there is to talk about, it's not a lot of, there's news, but not a lot of... uh, I've never seen, uh, this is the first year... Um, I would say dude, that uh, I've ever seen people just getting angry about the preseason now. The preseason's yeah. now becoming to the point where it's a, it's like a slap in the face. Like you, you just know you have to take it. Yeah. But it's just it's unbelievable because it's like we all know it should be two games and let's just move on with the season. Right? Instead of this never-ending off-season, which just drags on forever. Well, they're going to have to make some changes. I mean, obviously, the four games is too long. Especially uh, that four. too long game. with injuries. You have a numerous amount of teams now not even playing any of their starters. Uh, I'm talking to you, Sean McVay, who doesn't play any of his starters. Cowards. Yet. And then, of course, you have the uh, launch of the XFL next year. Uh, and so you wonder, in, in terms of how that's going to gouge away your summer... And, um, you know, in terms of your viewership, you know, the XFL at this point in this time next year should be getting into their playoffs if they don't run out of money. So, well, yeah, they're not going to run out of money. They got Vince McMahon, baby. Vince McMahon, he is the Amazon he's of got the sporting the world, but he's also Donald Trump's BFF. <clears throat> so there's going to be, I think, any no problem raising some cash and jingles to get this going. <laughs> the, American, the American taxpayers will be paying for the XFL. Exactly, as always. That's going to happen. As always. So the pre-games, uh, it's a pre-season, four games. Next season, I mean, look, the amount of injuries that you've had. There was a Baltimore game yesterday. was canceled because of bad weather. Traditionally, this is hurricane season beginning in a lot of parts of the south, but also really bad uh, thunderstorms and tornadoes in the Midwest this time of year. Welcome to August, send your kids back to school. Uh, Also, the TV revenue is quite minuscule. I mean, people are NFL hungry, but when you compare that with the XFL, which should have quite good revenue Yeah, because by the time it's the fourth quarter, 90% of people are sleeping. And yeah. No one's watching the fourth quarter of a preseason. Well, let's break down. I mean, obviously, Ryan and I are from Canada. And um, the debacle uh, that's Canada. Canada's never really been able to pull the off... not at all surprising debacle. Is but never been able to pull off a very good NFL showing. Yeah. It's like... If you're not allowed to drink outside and get drunk in a car park, um, like everyone else, it's just not going to be as good as football. You're instantly, before the game starts, having a worse time than you ever would in Buffalo. Well, I mean, let's... Let's, like, let's, let's be real. We want to drink. The best... One of the best parts of going to an NFL game is, if, you, if you're lucky enough to go, uh, it's even better than the ones in Britain, is when you go to an actual car park and people are just maniacs who are putting each other through tables and yeah. everyone's barbecuing... Tossing the football around, just drinking beers. It's fucking awesome. It is. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's good to have that sort of lucidity. you can't do that here. Fun. You can't do it in the environment. You, you can't, can't do, do it, it in Canada. You can't do it so. in Canada. I mean, obviously, in Ontario, that'll change. But in Winnipeg, no. Now, it started off, AJ Cole uh, made a mistake when he got... Uh, he wore a shirt saying Winnipeg, Alberta. Which yeah. he then admitted to buying off of Amazon. I mean... Has he not used Google? Right, oh. like these mistakes are just un, are just ridiculous. Like he, someone told him he probably asked someone on his team. Yeah. Like, hey man, where is uh, where is Winnipeg? Yeah, and then someone was like, I don't know. I think it's in Alberta. Yeah, and he just trusted him. 
Well, the fact is, he he had the due diligence enough to go on to say eBay. He, he didn't or say Amazon. like, let me just check Google. Yeah, no, he's he, way smarter than Derek. But Carr. he had enough to go on the wherewithal to go on and actually find this jersey and find it and go, wow, this is good. It's it seems like a good one. Let me get this one. Uh, Winnipeg, Alberta. So if you're able to actually Google and find this jersey, secure your PayPal payment, pay for it, make sure the shipping is correct, and you still don't even know where the flock it is. And it got past all the checks and balances. Just, like no one called, no one was like, dude, because nobody in America knows no. Canadian provinces. Are you joking me? No, There's but now, now everyone doesn't want this guy to make the regular season team. Um, <laughs> because now... You they, made an enemy. So as we all know, Canadian football uh, fields are wider and longer. Um, something that they would have known coming into this. Uh, this was announced uh, over a year ago that this game was going to take place in Canada. And yet still, at the very last minute, uh, they had to move the, uh, the field goal posts, uh, which created a big pit in the end zone. Uh, that pit then was deemed to be too dangerous. And thus, the field, uh, they took, they started off the 10-yard line, each little end of the 10, meaning that was an 80-yard field. Uh, and they also got rid of all kickoffs. It's like an arena football game. Um, so you sort of go, and then... It was so weird because it was like, uh, I was watching the highlights, and it felt like every time uh, Oakland or anyone did a play, they had to remind the audience that. And by the way, the end zone will yeah. start at the 10, so don't be weirded out if he just spikes it's, it. It was a debacle. It was horrible. It was Overpriced. one... I mean, you know, when they... So last year they canceled that game in Mexico, uh, the big game, the Kansas City... Uh, LA game, they canceled it and moved from Mexico so they stayed the field. But that was something that, you know, it, it, it stack a field or a stadium that they had, that was because there was a lot of football being played there, ripped up the pitch. I mean, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers averaged 24,900 apparently each game. They got 21,900 at this game. Uh, but the average tickets were over $250 Canadian. Listen, yeah. The cheapest were it's 95 95 for a preseason where you're not going to see where you see Aaron Rodgers basically just combing his mustache. Yeah, and, then, and, then, and then all of them just get pulled, basically. Yeah. None of the starters play. Well, they sat all 33 other starters. Just Green Bay did. You know what? Especially people who paid all that money. Actually, you know what? To be honest with you, it actually looks like it was a pretty decent game. Um, but yeah, that's pretty upsetting. If you're, if you're a Nathan Peterman fan. But yeah, listen, it came down to the wire. It was like a game-winning yeah. field goal. So in the drama of the things, they got maybe... <laughs> the best preseason game of the whole preseason so far, it seems like. You know, yeah. got, got some touchdowns. You got, you know, we're only going 80 yards. It's a lot easier. But it was actually, yeah, it was a disaster. But I think they just knew it was a disaster. And like, let's just get this over with. Let's just move the 10. Like, this is a disaster at every level. You know, like, um, like X-Men Dark Phoenix, right? How oh, that how just became, the franchise, yeah. It just became, like, this bomb. And I think the people there knew it was going to be a bomb. Yeah. And they were just like, let's just put it out. Let's anyway. just put this bomb out of here. <laughs> let's, just, let's just own this shit show. But and was, that's yeah. what I think the NFL did with that. Just like, let's just own this shit show. There were so many other different options they could have done. They didn't need to play it at that big Winnipeg Stadium. You could have chosen other stadiums. This was planned in advance. I, I would mostly put the blame on the city of Winnipeg on this one for screwing this up. There's communication issues that go on with this. Uh, the NFL, as we said earlier, is not blameless in this. But, you know, the fact is this should have been 
It, it's like a Mr. Magoo scenario where they just turn and go, Oh, well, turns out the goalposters are just don't even fit. Get the sprinklers on, get the sprinklers on. And, well, you know, and it so is a disaster. I think, was, it was really bad. I think it won't be happening anytime soon. No, so. I think it, it was basically Canada's way of saying we never want we the NFL We don't want you. We got, we got the CFL, so we're good. That's well, what they, yeah. That's what they said. They're turning it down. They're Shutting it down. But if you're not giving people the real NFL experience, then you're not. You're just and I mean, it, it goes back to one of my things I said earlier that, you know, with the changing of the NFL and, and doing the preseason, that if they decided to do the preseason in Europe as opposed to doing it. If we did the preseason, we had eight teams play preseason in the UK, you'd have full stadiums. And you'd only have to use university stadiums so the kids aren't even in stadiums. You know? I'll tell you what, that would be really fun. Uh, everyone does like an international, well, not everyone. Just a little circuit. Lot. You have eight teams uh, playing here in a circuit. But London getting a couple preseason games, but. Again, you'd have to charge just super cheap tickets. I think you hardly anything. No yet. one's no one's gonna be fooled enough to be like, Oh, I'm gonna pay forty pounds to go watch preseason football. Well, now. I mean, for the NFL to think you're gonna make money, I mean it's the stadiums that make money off these preseason games. So and they're really not that big because even if you look in the south or places you say where it's like in Florida right now where it's like hundred and ten degrees, you know, you're not gonna get people going out, especially if the baseball team's doing well or if you got other teams and also there's the start of high school football. Um, so a lot of people would be more akin to going and watch their own hometown high school team uh, than watching a preseason with a bunch of other people that aren't going to make it. Uh, injuries galore in some of those. Cam Newton uh, sprains his foot. Um, not serious, but he was wearing a boot. Uh, his, outf his outfit at the end of the game was hilarious. Well, that hat, and then he had that like scarf around his chin, like you know, like those old videos of people who had a toothache back yeah, in the nineteen yeah, twenties. Exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly. And they had that big the thing. That's, that's how yeah. he was wearing his neck, his scarf. Uh, it's 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 one of those things. See, this is what people are now going to argue is like, why are we playing three preseason games? This is bullshit. So everyone yeah. in Carolina, and they'd be justified to do so. So, but the real now the real question will be is when the season starts, if if a bunch of like people from McVeigh's team start going down, yeah. people will be like, "Well, that's what you get for not playing anybody." Yeah, well, I mean, it because is, I bet you the one guy who's gonna be shitting himself is like Le'Veon Bell, right? Le'Veon yeah. Bell hasn't played; he's not gonna have one play for a year, play, yeah. and he hasn't played for a year. Like, and he's going up uh, against Buffalo defense. Yeah. So he, it'll be interesting to see because if anyone's a candidate to get injured. Yeah, it's like, like, going to Dez. Wait, you to would Dez. hope that in their practices they're prepping for that. I mean, we think McVeigh would. I mean, he had one of the healthiest teams of all last year. Uh, Cam Newton, uh, you Andrew Luck, who is now they're saying he might even miss the start of the regular season. Uh, and he's had injuries. Yeah, that's a big loss. That's a very big loss for something that's going on. Now, obviously, if you get hurt in training camp, that's one thing, but it's the preseason ones. Tom Brady also wearing that hat afterwards. Um, that, which I compared to... Uh, Phil Hartman's character selling the monorail in The Simpsons. Um, that straw hat. No, hey, monorail, monorail. No I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Um, I have one person as someone who's hated Tom Brady for so long. I do appreciate sometimes his his trolling of people. And then that was hilarious. Just like, I'm going to wear a hilarious hat for my press conference because I'm playing Cam Newton and we just beat Cam Newton. And even yeah. though, yeah, like, it's just such a, because everyone, he's just like, he's just like that villain. Just like, he's making sure everyone knows, stays yeah. in line. It's like, just so you know. Yeah. Tommy's in charge. Yeah. <laughs> right? It is uh, It is funny that he does that. And obviously, you know, he's... So I kind of, as a guy, I kind of appreciate him more for doing that type well, of shit. Kind of, it's, it's pretty funny. He is trolling. Uh, and obviously, as the star of Ted 2. Um, but, uh, you know, it's funny. I mean, he is uh, 57 years old. So obviously, he's, uh, his grandkids probably he's get a bit of a kick away. out of it. Uh, he's, he's never going away. I've, I've just now accepted yeah. that he's just going to be there forever. He's just going to be part of my life. 
for as long as I live. Someone else who's uh, been very impressive to a lot of people, and it's the New York media, is uh, Daniel Jones. Uh, even they showed the press conference the other day, uh, where the press, New York press, was essentially pushing Eli Manning off to the side just to get a Daniel Jones. I, I read the best nickname for Daniel Jones. The it, devil and Daniel Jones? No, no, no. It was uh, Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes? <laughs> Danny Dimes is a great quarterback nickname. Yeah. Oh, Danny Dimes. Especially for New York. Yeah. Like the Bronx. Danny yeah. Dimes. Danny Dimes. Yeah, he's Danny, Danny Dimes. Dimes. It's a fucking awesome nickname. And I really... He's been amazing. He's something like 25 of 30 for like 355 yards. Yeah, yeah. and two but touchdowns. it's preseason. You and know? you know what? And it's awesome. I love it because all the analytics people and all the people who's like, oh, this is why he's going to be shit. Everyone who's shit on the Giants, um, I think it's hilarious. And I love it. I am going to always cheer for Daniel Jones because of the hate people got. And people had no idea what the hell they were talking about. 90% of the people who got angry didn't really know what the hell they were talking no. about. Well, it is interesting. They're not scouts. When you have the interesting thing going on with the Giants, you know, obviously putting their faith behind him and Eli still backing him up uh, physically and mentally. Um, Then you start looking at the Dallas Cowboys and what's going on with them. They're saying Amari Cooper might not even sign this year. Ezekiel Elliott, you know, basically the coaching staff was like, we don't care, whatever. And Dak uh, wants $280 million and a mansion and all of Cam Newton's hats. I mean, Listen, you can't pay all three this season. No. So someone's got to, they got to take the gamble on somebody, right? And mm-hmm. I think taking the gamble, um, I, I would just let, let Dak play it out. Right? And, yeah. if he, and if he, whatever, he goes to the Super Bowl, let's just say he goes to the Super Bowl, then you make him the highest paid player, even if win or lose. Yeah. Uh, you make him the highest paid quarterback. But if he loses and has a shitty year, you know, you can move on because it's just, it's a huge investment. He wants like yeah. 35 million a year. You got to know you're like top five. And I don't think anyone thinks Dak's top five. So, but that's what Joe Flacco did yeah. when he played it out and then he won the Super Bowl and then cashed in big time. Yeah. So, Again, it's a great motivator. So, and then if you're Dallas and he lights it up, then you can still franchise him next year. And you're only paying like 27, 28. You're still paying cheaper than most. So I think they're going to let Dak play it out. That's what I would do. Um, the only thing is you get a pissed off quarterback. Yeah, you get a pissed off but quarterback. You got a motivated quarterback. But then you've got like Jerry Jones and the rest of the team going, we don't care. We're just going to do with it our way. Uh, and obviously, you know, Jerry, as he's getting older, is. Quite, uh, you know, unique perspectives going he's forth. He's desperate. You can see it in his eyes. Yeah, but I mean, he's, he's also desperate. he's desperate. He, he would also... murder. Like, if Jerry Jones, there was, <laughs> if there was an opportunity where Jerry Jones had to murder to guarantee himself okay. winning the Super Bowl, yeah. I think he'd go for the murder. So if Jerry Jones was locked in a cell with Jeffrey Epstein, do you think he would? Jerry Jones would win. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Jerry Jones ain't going out. He would pay the He's people. not going out without that championship. He like, would he pay would the do, people to do it. He would do anything to get that championship. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Right? Um, so. so interesting. Speaking of people not giving a shit, uh, Brian, Brian Flores, uh, head coach of Miami, uh, been pissing off Kenny Stills when he started playing all the Jay-Z songs in a row because Kenny Stills... Now, apparently they do get along in this. Uh, you know, Flores is just having some fun with him. But obviously, uh, Stills is one of those guys who thinks... Jay-Z is sold out by not allowing the Kaepernick deal to take precedent over Jay-Z's deal with the NFL. Um, you know, there's a lot of politics goes on. Obviously, as two white Canadians, we do yeah. not have any real legs to stand on when it comes to talking about race in America. Yeah, where I, I tore my ACL on this one. You know, I'm injured. Again, yeah, like, I'm not going to say who's right, who's no. wrong. Like, that's... 
whatever. I don't, I don't know what to but say. But it is interesting, you know, how uh, a lot of these guys and, you know, Jay-Z obviously being this, you know, he's now talking about buying a franchise as well. Um, which I don't know if that's sort of a make amends to give Kaepernick a team. I don't well, know. Well, he's never going to be like a full owner, but he'll be well, like because that's like you need like what? Like well, the six last billion? the last one sold. He yeah, needs he's a billionaire. He's, he's a not billionaire, a six he's, billionaire. You need to be at least a twenty billion to be able to get a team, right? And you're getting that. Club. So is it the guy who bought the Panthers? Tom bought the Panthers for one point eight billion, which was quite a record. Is that it? That was it. But still, I mean, you look at the Cowboys franchise and it's ranked like five point three billion. Just dropping well, one point yeah, eight yeah. billion on something. You know, then contactless that shit. Yeah, yeah. You imagine? Yeah, just hitting contactless or just here's one point eight billion. Just... Which technically, with those uh, Amex uh, black cards, you could. But you can imagine the interest rate you'd have to pay. No, um, who cares? So it'd be interesting to see what he is going to do if he wants to buy a team. Well, he's going to have to be a part owner, like how yeah. Bon Jovi was trying to be a part yeah. owner. He's living on a prayer with that his arena football team though. He's big in arena football. Hmm. I'll tell you what, though, if you had, like, Jay-Z as your part-time owner, it's such a, like, imagine if you're, like, an NFL player, and you were deciding to be a free agent between two teams. One yeah. of them, their owner was Jerry, or was, like, some old, yeah. just white dude, and the other owner was Jay-Z. And but you got to meet with him, he'd be like, I'm gonna go fucking play with Jay-Z. Didn't that happen with the Brooklyn Nets, so wasn't he a part owner in them, and then he sold his you know interest? That, that is possibly true. So and now it's, sold, no it's now sold to like a Chinese firm that owns it now. So I mean, I think he did have something, but I think what he learned is it's a real economical uh, like strife on on your system when you have to own a team like that. Oh, Speaking of strife... License to print money. Uh, Ryan thought this was funny. I saw it in the news. The Alabama head coach, Nick, Nick Saban, is bringing in Ray Rice uh, for a series of how to treat women talks to players. It's unbelievable. You know what it makes me think? It makes me think that someone on that team did something and Nick <laughs> Saban found out. Yeah. So he's like, all right, before this comes yeah. out, I'm bringing in Ray Rice. Who else can Patient we bring in? fucking yeah. zero. Someone who's been there and someone who will scare the crap out of you. Who can we get? Who you know what? If, if Ray Rice could get through to anyone, then it's actually a good thing of what he's yeah. doing. Um, yeah. Just don't... I don't think it's a, the speech should be labeled uh, how to treat, talk to women. It should be yeah. about how not... To and Ray Rice, so good on him that he's even doing it. Yeah. I think you got to give him credit. Um, but it's just, it's just. I think there's a conspiracy. Nick Saban knows something. He's, he's trying to get on. ahead of this. He's just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fix this myself. I mean, there could be something on. It could be that a lot of these guys that come into the college system come from disenfranchised economic backgrounds that maybe don't have the coping skills to deal with words. Uh, maybe don't come from homes where uh, there is a parental unit in a traditional system. And so a lot of cases, there's missing out on this. I, it's always good. Anytime that we're teaching men to be better men, I think that's a great yeah, thing. Definitely. But Ray Rice, eh, very interesting. <laughs> well, I guess, you know, who else? Yeah, let's, yeah, this, let's talk about ego yeah, for a second. Let's talk about ego. <laughs> now, this is coming out for a second that uh, Jadavian Clowney, apparently Houston is talking to 10 different teams, trying to get rid of this guy. $15.9 for this franchise tag that they put on him. Um, but 10 teams, including the Dolphins... Uh, they're looking to get rid of Clowney. Uh, yeah, are they going to get rid of him? And who would be a good fit? Yeah, like uh, why wouldn't anyone want Clowney? The the only thing is you're going to have to pay him. Um, you can't even do it till after this year. I think I heard something. So you can't even do it till like March, and then you're going to have to pay him what in like the twenties. And yeah. so, but 
yeah, he's a good player, you know, and he plays well later in the season, but he's he hasn't, like, blown it up like he would have thought he would when he was drafted number one overall. So I think they're just a little bit hesitant to be like, yeah, listen, you haven't, like, led the NFL in sacks. No. You know, you haven't been to play. He's been injured. He's been injured a lot. crushing people, yeah. So I think there's just a little bit of they're just like, ah, you know what, let, let someone else pay $20 million. We've seen enough is kind of what I think. And I think a lot of people are desperate because getting to the passer is so important. Yeah. And everyone's proven. And, and to be able to have that guy that can put pressure on the quarterback is going to make, especially how fast they get they get rid of it now. Yeah. It's like Tom Brady and Mahomes. That you need someone who can get to him and, and disrupt and be game wreckers. Like the Khalil Max. Like, that's what everyone wants. Exactly. And he has the potential to he be He does that. with the injuries, I think. And being older than Mac is going to be one thing. And also living in the shadow of J.J. Watt. Whereas J.J. Watt's been a broken man, but it still is able to rebound, put some sacks together. J.J. Yeah, Watt's awesome. But then you wonder who <laughs> is, I mean, as you talk about, teams do need good pass rushers. So who is going to be looking at grabbing a pass rusher? Because uh, there's a few teams last year that just... Listen, had, almost every team needs a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Like, you'd be crazy not to want someone like J.J. But the thing is, do you want to give up a first-round pick and know you're going to have to then pay him $22 million a year? Like, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, if you had a first-round pick and you got somebody who could put up... Jadavian Clowney numbers and you're only paying him like a million a year that pick is almost more valuable yeah. than the maybe potential that Jadavian Clowney is going to one day lead the NFL in sacks yeah it is a tough uh, it is a very tough one so, to swallow I mean for a lot of teams but obviously you know we start getting this crunch time now uh, with training camp going over the preseason being done and a lot of these decisions have to be made there's a lot of guys still holding out a lot of guys that uh, you know really have to to sort of get off the pot and piss, otherwise, because you don't know what the hell's going to happen. Uh, another injury last night, though, the big one, uh, Jordan Reed, uh, concussion protocol. Yeah. He, in his five, six years he's been in, he's never played a full 16 games. So, helmet to helmet, Keanu O'Neill uh, basically bashed into him last night. Um, never good to see helmet to helmets. You know, they're still trying to figure out a lot of the rule changes, I think, now in the NFL this season, in the preseason. But this helmet to helmet one is not going away. Jordan Reed is just all unfortunately always gets in Mr. Glass. He's become yeah. like he's just become that guy. Like everyone's had him on their fantasy team and been like, Yeah, I got Jordan Reed. I think this is gonna be the year that Jordan Reed finally and then week two he's out. He's out you again. Know? And then like, he's just always been injured. Like even when he, I think he came back last year and played a, a, most of the season, but he just wasn't as effective. And I think even being on Washington, I don't think he was gonna have a big year. I think Washington's gonna be a bit of a disaster. Yeah, I mean, even I'm looking at, like, even some of the, uh, when the fantasy rankings of just having him in there, and he's ranked, you know, he's usually ranked in the top 10 uh, in this one, uh, top uh, fantasy rankings, he's ranked 16th. Yeah, yeah, that's more about right. 16th, I think, is more to like be a it. Top 10. Because he wouldn't be a tight end you would take first. Yeah, a couple of years ago, I would have, he would have been a tight end I would have taken first. Um, you know, and, and you start looking at these top tight ends, it's something I was going to get into, but if you were to take, you got Kelsey, Ertz, uh, Kittle, uh, what's the next one? Engram uh, and Henry. I, I mean, Henry's... He's another one who's always been injured. But is he consistent? That's Andre Henry's not someone I would take as my first tight end. I would be more looking at uh, Njoku or uh, Vance McDonald as opposed to... Yeah, it. yeah. And, absolutely. I think that the, basically, outside of the top three, um, Ertz, Kittle, and Kelty. Yeah. And Kittle is someone you would have thought about shoot. last year. It's a year. Like, Ingram's finished, uh, had a strong finish to the year last year. Yeah. But... Again, at the like, for a lot of the year, he was really frustrating. I, I had him in fantasy, so yeah. I can tell you from personal experience. But I think it was also part of the Giants just being a bit of a disaster. 
Now you've also got, I mean, Jimmy Graham's still on the Green Bay Packers. Is Jimmy Graham, do you think is he still the Jimmy Graham that we once knew and loved in Seattle? Uh, no, he's never going to be that guy. Or in uh, New Orleans, yeah. basically. No, like, but I think he's still a solid red zone threat because of his size and his, yeah. his hands. But, yeah, I think he's pretty much done. It's going to be very difficult. Uh, the one thing interesting I want to talk about is running backs. Uh, we're talking about watching and Darius um, Geechee. Geis. I <laughs> know, I just want to catch it. Don Geis. Uh, Don Geis. Darius Geis uh, last year. Towards ACL, he's back, and everyone's talking about him now being this new incarnation for Washington. Stiff-arming his way. Uh, you still have AP, though. Is uh, is Geis going to be one of these guys that uh, really finally turns up for Washington well, after having such a bad year last year? Well, he got injured last year. Yeah, well, that tore his ACL, yeah. but now it, it was So it's not a year. bad year if you tear your ACL. Well, it is yeah, a, bad a bad year, year. but not statistically no. bad. Yeah. Um, it's just bad if you can make it back. Well, the good thing, good. I guess, about having AP is now you don't have to, like make Geist this monster workhorse, uh, you can kind of ease him in and make yeah. him, give him a little bit of a count, like, like 10 snap like, or whatever, uh, 10 carries, something like that, and get AP just do Because AP had a really good year last year. I think he's just been one of those guys being like the new Frank Gore. He's yeah. just kind of been like, okay, I can still play. I'm still, I'm not ready to go yet. Because I think AP wants to keep playing. Basically, he's going to push Gore, probably just keep going until someone says no. Yeah. Like, I don't think AP's walking away gracefully, unless he wins the Super Bowl. Well, no, I mean, but he's still but, but it's good for Geis, because I yeah. think Geis is a really good player, and he had a really good potential last year when he got injured, that I think rushing him in and giving him the full workload would actually be dangerous. So I think it's going to lead out. They can have him ready for next year, but yeah. ease him in. Then by the end of the season, he'll probably have taken over um, Adrian Peterson. So he'd probably be a good sleeper fantasy pick. Yeah, I think so I as well. Say. I mean, AP is one of those guys that I've used in fantasy before. And, and yeah, sure, one week can get you 13 points, yeah, and the rest will get you two. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's always a difficult thing. Um, the one. You know, we started looking at running backs, and I was actually quite surprised when I started looking actually of the depth chart of the Buffalo Bills running backs. You got Shady McCoy, Frank Gore, Singletary, Yeldon, Perry, Murphy, and Christian Wade. When you start looking at those guys, you got Frank Gore, who is basically he is the most yards of any active. Uh, yeah, running back. He's a beast. He might go into like number three. Singletary. Is he related to Mike Singletary? No, I don't think so. Well, no, that's I don't good, think so. Good name to have. He but could this, be, though. He's, I, an, he's I, a new I, guy that's looking good. TJ Yeldon, you guys have got as well. Yeah, but I think that's what's going to happen. Like, yeah, I think having someone like Frank Gore is great um, because there's a couple of things. Because if McCoy struggles, they, uh, they can either cut him or, or trade yeah. him or something like that because I think he'll still have interest. Or let's say another team loses a running back McCoy's yeah. a good trade chip because knowing Singletary has actually looked pretty good and then having Singletary with Gore behind him kind of yeah. showing him the ropes and being a mentor is going to be really good I think someone like Wade might be on the practice squad but he has been awesome to see he's yeah, had two no, games been, <laughs> two yeah. amazing plays so it'd be good to see him in a, in a game like week four yeah. of the preseason you'll probably see him getting like 15 touches well, you also wonder this T.G. Yeldon, too. I mean, like... Well, I think he's probably going to be the one who looks like the odd man out. Odd man out, but he's got the most to prove, I would think, in this. And having having played in, in, in a couple of different franchises, high-profile franchises, but but still being number four, number five in the depth chart. Uh, you know, as we said earlier in the other podcast, Christian Wade, actually, being the fact that he is part of those NFL international programs, pretty good for him because it's not really going to hurt them that much to keep him around. No, no. Well, I know they can keep him on the practice squad, but the thing I think the deal is if you put him on the practice squad, you can't bring him up during the season. 
Okay. So you have to keep because he's part of the because he won't count towards. Yeah, your, he won't count towards your study. So anyway, I don't know what they're gonna do with him. I, I think he's been fun to watch. Yeah. But he's a little too big still, to put on special still, teams. But yeah, he's twenty nine. Yeah, he's not young. Like, yeah. He's still twenty nine or twenty eight, twenty nine years old. Yeah. So he's not like at the prime NFL running back age. But he's intriguing, and let's see what he does the next two games. Because if he keeps making plays, it's going to be hard to keep him off the team. Yeah, that makes sense. So what else do you want him to do? Yeah, I mean, they've got <laughs> Buffalo just have a lot of depth at that running back uh, position. You wonder when you've got seven guys like that, you know, and, and we're all talking now that everyone's going to get down to this 53-man roster. And I did say men. Because uh, it is only men on the team, despite what everyone else wants. But uh, it's only men. Um, getting down to the 53-man roster, what, you know, the, the, the sacrifice you have to make. Because in the first couple of weeks of preseason or the training camps, you, you're going to identify 20 guys. Yeah, gone, gone. No problem. But then you get really tight with some of these other ones. These last weeks of it, you know, obviously you can see watching Hard Knocks uh, that uh, it's very difficult to decide who you want to keep and who you're going to get rid of. God, yeah, it's got to be so tough to just fire all these people. They genuinely love some of them, probably. Yeah, no, I'm sure. This guy's awesome, but i got to cut him. It's got to be devastating. It's got to be really hard to do. I don't envy it. That's why watching, having that, like, even though I'm sure I understand completely why coaches hate that. Yeah. Because why would you want that to be shown to people? Like, that would be awful. Yeah. People... You'd have to be crazy to be, enjoy that. Like, no, yeah, exactly. Good, oh, I love the fire. I love the fire. I love, I love when they bring up their kids and God, they start they crying. Cry. If, when I get a crier. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a crier. I'm just rock hard. It's when, that's the one I hit um, record on the computer. Yeah, we got so, a baby here. Um, but but I, you could, because I think there's genuinely feeling of like they truly like these people yeah. like, and, they, and they believe in them. They want to see them do well. But it's just a competitive game and it's just, yeah. it's just shit happens. Shit it's does really, happen. It reminds me of... Uh, but that's why it's so awesome to see that in Hard Knocks. See, yeah. To be able to actually see that is quite engrossing, weirdly. You feel sympathy for both sides, the fact that they have to even fucking do this. It is. It reminds me of season two, episode two of Succession, uh, where we all know he has to fire this whole company. Uh, well, and brings Wonder's Wing. Oh, it's such a good episode. You haven't even watched the first season? Yeah, I know, but I'm not going to remember. So that. good. No, season one is great. But season two, when he fires, oh man, right. he becomes their friend. Well, from so good. So the last thing I want to talk about: Super Bowl odds. I put a few things up because uh, all the odds are up for the Super Bowl. People going nuts on it. I mean, obviously there's people because they saw that. Dude, this is just to make it to the Super Bowl. To win the Super Bowl. To win the Super. To win the Super Bowl. And I just thought some of the odds because I thought to me, and you can take a look at these odds. To me, the most intriguing, obviously, is the Saints at ten to one. Uh, the the Patriots are at six to one. Chiefs at six to one. Uh, Rams 10 to 1, the Saints to me 10 to 1, and then the Colts at 14 to 1. But there are other teams. Look, if you're willing to put two pounds, two dollars, five dollars down uh, to look at it, obviously you can't parlay Super Bowl bets because only one team can win. Um, but looking at some of the other odds of teams that are interesting, I like the Seattle Seahawks at 30 to 1. And I also thought it was interesting that Jacksonville, if, uh, if uh, Big Nick um, can get his stuff together, I mean, Jacksonville uh, was close there before, but 40 to 1, he put down five pounds on that. That's 200 bucks on a fiver. Um, interesting. I mean. Yeah, you know what? They're not terrible bets, right? No. Like, Look, these kind of season, these start of the season bets are always interesting to do because you can. Parlay. I think Saints at 10 to 1 is decent. Put 10, 10, 10 pounds on that, yeah. get 100. Like, that's a decent bet. Like, you would walk into that season thinking you have a really good shot, or even the Rams. Yeah. Patriots 6 to 1, again. That's all. It's, just it's, very, it's hard. It's just, I mean, it's just hard to read. But again. even at six to one, but you start looking at it even last year, and I think it would have been about the same odds for this. I mean, you and I looked at LA, LA. 
Um, which, you know, we got one of them, right? Oh, yeah, we're going to do our picks soon. Yeah, I, we will do our picks soon. Really... We'll go through some of it. And also in the next podcast, I'll have some uh, different odds to look at. Because it would be good. There's actually, we'll find some of the bookmark, uh, bookmakers you can get. I think 365 does it. i tell you what I do like is I like Eagles 14 to 1. Eagles 14 to 1. I think that's a good bet. I think I would maybe put a fiver down. Eagles, on, that's a good one. On there, there is someone that's, uh, and what I was going to do next week is do our betting odds for each division. Uh, so we choose our division winners because I think it's 365 has the, you can choose uh, division winners yeah. and the odds for each one. So it'd be good to parlay those together to feed the AFC and NFC, you know, who you think is going to win. So if you think Saints, you know, Bears, yeah, uh, putting those together. So Ryan, I'll do that next week. And if you guys have any thoughts that you have for a podcast, send them into us. Uh, and what we'll do is we'll take a look at your Super Bowl or your odds for winning all those divisions. Um, but I mean, for Bills, me, 100 to 1. I love it. 100 to 1. Why not put two bucks in that, you know? Why not, right? Yeah. You know what? You're absolutely right. I'm going to do that. There's rich bankers. <laughs> There's rich guys that I know that are like in the city of New York that would just like just throw. I know, and everyone's probably, like, people are probably laughing, being like, even two, that's a waste of money. Uh, but that's what they said to Lester. That's when Lester won, the, won it. 5,000 to 1. You never know, man. You, you never know never in these kind know. of thing. Ryan and I will be previewing. Uh, we will be getting more intense with our podcast coming as the preseason ends. We start to talk about the upcoming season of NFL in London, events in London, things you can do, some of the parties going around the international games. We'll get you into more of those as we start talking to people. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. I uh, hope you enjoy your preseason games. Uh, only have one more week of it left. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, pretty much, yeah. So, After yeah, week, season, week four in the preseason. Man, I'm telling you, you want to talk about a barn burner. Uh, you literally have more fun burning a barn than watching some of these season games. Season four, or season four, uh, preseason game four is like that week when you're a kid, that week before Christmas. Yeah. I was just like, ah, this one this week right. away. I, 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 oh. That's exactly what this week four game is, which is just... Uh, Luckily, there's a litany of shows you can watch yes, exactly. uh, on shows out there, uh, NFL Network also. There's a lot of shows on Netflix. Amazon Prime has lots of them as well. I think we've all seen now, uh, yeah, because all these guys suing... We'll get into that kind of stuff with all these guys suing game day in America. Looks like Amazon will be taking over the rights of the NFL going forward, but we'll talk about that as well. Guys, thanks for listening. Enjoy, share, subscribe, live, love, laugh. Karen. <laughs>